bites, dissecting life and talking shit. This is Head On View. Issued by the Society of Radical Midwives. Hello and welcome to Head On View. I'm Carly. Do you realise you are a menace to society? A total menace. Yes, I realise I'm a menace to society. And I'm Laura. Loud, irritating, flashing your body about, and the most awful manners. So, we did have a guest plan for today, but they were sick, so we are holy, holy, well, greatly, greatly unprepared. So, that's what we do. Mm. We do it really well. Mm. Random, musing, what's incoming. So, yeah. So, yeah, let's just, you know, debrief. Tell us, Carly, tell us what you've been doing. Oh, so, well, look, <laughs> it hasn't really, I guess I've never been to WA, never been to PAP, so I'm not really sure what I was expecting, but I haven't really vibed it here, let's just say that. So, yeah. we got to PAP and apparently it was a once in a year worst weather ever that they've ever had in their history of ever. From someone who's lived in Perth for yeah. a large part of her life, that's all the time for Perth people. Oh, it's never been this cold. Yeah. It's never been this wet. It's never been this hot. It's yeah. never been this windy. For three weeks straight, torrential rain. Yes. And, you know, it's really hard to explore and do things when, yes. when it's like that. It's been quite like And <laughs> we're staying in this area. So we came to Perth to do a house set for my Sisters, friends, mum, you know, one of those weird uh, situations. Random. Yeah, yeah. And she lives in this suburb that really is kind of, there's nothing here. It's like in Melbourne, those suburbs that are just estates, you know, where they're built and there's just houses. I could have a guess of a couple of places you are. And I'm guessing maybe you're north of the river. Yeah. So I guess we didn't know, really know what to expect because we didn't know Perth. We didn't know the area. But, you know, we look on a map. I'm like, oh, it's 20 minutes outside the city. So we used to live in Northcote in Melbourne, which is 20 minutes outside the city and a really nice area. <laughs> Lots of stuff there. You know, you could hop on a tram. You're in the city. Great. I mean, literally, Carly, let's be honest. We could walk across the street from your old house and go get Thai food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was kind yeah, yeah. of envisioning that sort of thing. So instead, we're just in this suburb where there's really, there's really nothing here at all. Lots of, lots of roadworks, which I guess isn't that full. But after being somewhere quiet for a year, like in Tassie, where everything was close and nice. And then we were in Armadale, a small, nice country town. We come here and I was just, God, it's so busy. There's so many cars. The traffic's horrendous. We have to drive on the freeway to get anywhere. And then driving into the city, parking's horrendous and expensive. And the public transport here, it's not great. It's not as though there's, I know they've got, they've got buses and trains, but there's nothing. I've, I think that's very spoiled in Melbourne because literally you'd walk to the end of the street and there was a tram. You walk one block over and there was a train. And which were and even where I live in Melbourne and I live a yeah. little bit further out, I'm still half an hour by the train. I jump on the train at 500 meters from my house. Super easy to get into the city. Yeah, but, and, very, and yeah. very straightforward. Where there is a busing over the train station, you can't even really walk to it. You have to drive to the train and park and blah, blah, blah. And then when I was – so we got a bus the other day. I kind of, I think we were just sick of trying to work out parking. So and I Googled and I was like, okay, how would you get tickets for the bus? And it's, yeah, you just get one on the bus. Cool, okay, great. 
And then they get on and then I get told off for not having a mask. But it didn't say anywhere online you needed a mask. So oh, my God. And he's like, well, where are you from? Sorry, I'm not from here. I didn't know. And he's like, oh, you know, where are you from? And I was like, oh, God, this, this question is so confusing. Where am I from? He just said Melbourne. He's like, well, don't they wear masks? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. So he reluctantly gives me a mask. And I was like, great, we just want two tickets. And I get out my phone, my card's on my phone. And he's like, no, you have to pay cash. Who cares? Actually, Carly, you're giving me PTSD because this fucking city has not changed since I left 22 years ago. Just makes me crazy. This is why I don't live there. People yeah. are like, oh, you want to follow the sun too, Laura? Go live in Perth with your family. I'm like, mate, <laughs> I don't want to drive hundreds of miles every single fucking yeah. day. Just. To be honest, we have found nice areas. So I went to Fremantle. That was nice. Oh, uh, love Frio. We oh. found nice little pockets. We found nice little restaurants and bars, but just the whole overall vibe hasn't made me no. Yeah. And I guess that's, and there's obviously Perth people listening. We're not dissing your city. We're just talking about differences. You know, and obviously I've lived there, so that's different. So I have a different view and I've lived there and left there and lived in a bigger city. But I guess it really highlights the difference for travel nurses and midwives. If you are traveling around Australia, be prepared to sometimes be disappointed, right? Like, oh, yeah. Not every city is you're not, you're not going to love everywhere. You, I lived in Melbourne for 20 years, but now I could not envision living there again. It's just not for me anymore. Hence why we're just on the road because we don't know where <laughs> we're going to live. So there's so many agencies out there. I'm registered with a couple. You know, I've kind of made inquiries at probably about 50 different agencies. So a lot of them have my details on record. Not one single agency... I could find would offer a contract in Perth. Okay, whatever. So then I found a couple that said, oh, we would do casual. So a bit like when I was in Melbourne. Oh, I can like Friday or Saturday and they'd be great. Can you go? And, you know, they might send you to two different hospitals or whatever. You just picked up casual. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll do that. At the agency that I worked with in Melbourne, and then I went and I worked with their kind of sister agency down in Tasmania and I knew they had a branch over here in WA so my agent had said yep fine you need to speak to the WA branch pull them and I was like fabulous I'll do that called and they were yep okay great someone will be back yep fine so I emailed as well just you know here's everything nothing (laughs) so I called again and they were like oh yeah yeah someone will call you back okay great Again, someone put, and I was just like, hey, this is a joke. You can't even call me back. How can I even trust you to get to me, give work? me work? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then I called another agency that I had previously sort of made inquiries for to do a contract, but hadn't ended up going with them. And they'd always seemed pretty helpful on the phone. And so they were initially, they were pretty helpful. They actually called me back and they got me all set up. You know, I had to do all the extra paperwork. So I was picking up casual shifts with them, but then that's kind of the communication just stopped. So they would say to me, okay, so these are the hospitals we work with in the area. And they gave me a list and I thought, great, let me just Google them to make sure, because I don't know the area, obviously. They're not too far away. Yep, fine. I'm happy to work any of those hospitals. And probably about five times they asked me, oh, are you happy to go to these other hospitals as well? And I'd be like, yes. As I previously said, over the phone and in writing on email, I'm happy to go to any of those hospitals. Because there's a, there's a big hospital there, the new one, the Fiona Stanley or whatever it's called. 
I was told they didn't work with that hospital. So that's fine. So the hospital that I am working at is for about a 20 minute drive from me and it's got a private and a public side. So I've been working in the public side. Oh, that's another thing. When they, they told me, they said, Oh, so you'll be working in the private. So I'm like, right. So I rock up my first ship. I rock up to the private hospital. They're like, we, we don't know anything about you. Hey, thanks. <laughs> and then they said, Oh, you're probably going to be on the public side, which I was. And. And that's fine. So I've done all my ships there. Midwives there have been great, really friendly, really nice. Of course, like everywhere, you know, you get some things that are a bit different and yeah. that's fine. You just, you just go with it. But overall, you know, pretty standard, but so busy. That's so busy there. I feel slabbed all the time and coming in, some days I've come in and they're like, oh, you've got three discharges and then two admissions to do, which, you know, that's fine. But coming in as an agency person who doesn't know the paperwork and they don't always have a swipe card for me. So yeah. I can't even access the drug room, can't access anything. I have to keep asking me questions. So that has kept me busy doing that. Then the woman who we're house sitting for, she actually messaged and said she had to come back a week earlier than what we were expecting. That's no drama. I will just, you know, set up to start a contract a week earlier. So I called and I was thinking initially, well, we've come all this way to WA. Let's stay, you know, we'll stay over WA side. And so the agency that I'm with now, I knew they do contracts as well. And really, I mean, probably from my communication with them, I should have learned this lesson, but I've literally had the same conversation with them five times. They're not, are they not listening or are you not? I don't know. Not, I don't like, know if someone's not getting the message. And then they text me and said, oh, can we book you for the shift on Monday? And I said, no, I won't be here. I'm leaving Perth. And then I got a call saying, oh, why are you leaving Perth? And I was like, well, when I joined up, I went through this whole thing saying I was only going to be in Perth for, you know, four or five weeks. I travel full time. I'll be looking for a contract afterwards. You know, do you have anything in WA, even South Australia? I didn't know, oh, we've got contracts in QLD. And I was like, QLD? And I was like, well, why wouldn't you just say Queensland? Okay, look, if you've only got contracts in Queensland, that's, yeah, that's not for me at the moment. It's Wednesday. We're leaving on Monday and we still don't know where we're going. (laughs) So the person, the house you're looking after, she wanted to come back. So she's coming back early, personal circumstances. I think the real thing is that, Right now in Victoria, so we're probably going to head back to Victoria. They have got what they call crisis rates at the moment because they're so desperate for staff. And everywhere is desperate for staff, but the Victorian government are apparently the only ones who are prepared to pay for it. You know what? To give you an idea of how desperate we are for staff, I was recently on holiday and still getting messages because it's a global text message, which is fine. Before 7 a.m., I had five text messages Mm. about work. I reckon every day on average, I have at least two to three before 6 a.m. I've been called asking, can you come in? No, I'm at my other job. They're like, do you want to come in after your other job? No. No, I don't. (laughs) You know, that's fine. I'm a casual at this hospital and that's Mm. fair enough. But they are screaming for people here. They are so busy and people are leaving the profession here because they're, to be honest, they're fucking sick of working under COVID conditions. Yeah. And yeah, also working for minimum wage, essentially. So because I guess so let's be real. Let's talk money because one of the biggest yeah. advantages of travel midwifing and nursing 
is the is the wage. So I am what six years out now. So when I left Melbourne, I would have been what, four, nearly five years out. So when I was working permanent part time, my hourly wage, my base wage, was thirty eight dollars an hour. And then when I went casual, it was around forty five dollars an hour. Any agency shifts I was picking up, that base rate was probably roughly around 60 to 70. All private hospitals, they set their own rate, so it varied. So now when I was contacted by an and they said, oh, we've got a contract in WA, and I was, okay, cool, what are the rates? Because I know there's no stock standard agency rate. You can't go to agency rate and this is it. Away just is paid different and they might take different cuts. And then some places will say, well, we will hire you through the agency, but you'll actually be employed by the health department. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hospital in WA, the wage, $37 an hour. That would be my base rate, $37 an hour. So that was less money than I was earning two years ago. What? And then they said, Oh, but we will pay you a bonus $200 a week. Oh, I know. And they were no. like, oh, you know, and you get your accommodation. But that's just standard with travel. You should have your accommodation included. But even as a, say, a permanent staff member. So yeah. I'm eight years out or coming up to eight years. Yeah. That makes me feel really old. But I think my base rate, if I work in the community in domiciliary, is 46 Yeah. 49 or something like that. Yeah. Something. But that's like ridiculous. 30. That, that is not sustainable for me. I was like, I cannot live with just all those stacked um, jobs at Woolworths. Probably make more. That regional Victoria, anyone who's interested out there, at the moment, there are certain hospitals that are paying a base rate for a midwife, $98 an hour. So that is where I'm going. So when you hear someone going, oh, $37 an hour, yes, the scenery might be nice at Obviously, one of my reasons for traveling was because we didn't want to stay in Melbourne. We wanted to see some Australia, but also the financial benefits. So, you know, we're trying to pay off. Obviously, you've been overseas for two months, which is what I'm doing. We've got a lot of money. Yeah. With but no, it's about um, you want to make money. If you're a midwife, and let's talk honest here, if you're a midwife or a nurse working in Perth and you're trying to support a family, you're a single mom or your your partner earns similar wage, that's fucking impossible, okay? If you're a midwife or a nurse in Perth whose partner works in the mines, that's yeah. probably an okay wage, right? But yeah. if you're traveling around and your livelihood is based on your contracts and where you're going, 37 bucks, they're never going to get people to go over to WA. North of WA, there seems to be a plethora of work up there and they're all paying good, around the $80 mark. So I looked at that and then we, we did that sort of, maybe that thing where we didn't realise how big Australia is, even though I've lived there a long time, I should know it. But I looked and I was like, okay, we could just drive up to the Kimberleys, whatever. 40 hours. Oh, is it 40? It's like 40, like four zero hours. And I was like, oh, that's such a big drive and we knew we wanted to go to Victoria to take advantage of the crisis rates because at the end of the day, I don't know how long these rates are going to stick around for. Yeah. At yeah. some point, the government or the hospital or someone is going to be like, this is not sustainable. We can't keep paying these people this money. Or they're yeah. going to be able to find themselves permanent staff. So 
we've sort of gone, okay, we need to take advantage of these rates. So let's head to Victoria. Well, maybe I could stop in South Australia and do a little contract for whatever. So it just breaks it up. Anyway, would you be interested in a three-week contract in Kangaroo Island? And I was like, why, yes, yes, I would. Where's that? The Kangaroo Island is off the coast of South Australia. But I was, well, that would be, it's kind of halfway. So then I messaged back and was like, yes, I would be very interested because I did that thing where they were start in September, pay rate up to, I'm always a little bit wary when they say pay rate up to because often they tell you the highest number, which is if you work on a, doing a night shift on a public holiday or something like that. They try try and beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the base rate? Because that's really what I want to know. So I've said, okay, yes, I'm interested. When is the actual start date? What's the base rate? You know, is there accommodation? All the important things you need to know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought, you know what, I'll call as well. So I'll call and email and then they've got it. So I think I called first and they were like, oh, she's busy. We'll take a message. All fine. Just tell them I'm interested. Call me back. So then I sent an email as well, just sort of reiterating. Yeah. Heard nothing. And then she sent me an email back saying, oh, can I call you? And I was like, yes, absolutely. This is my number. Nothing. So it's kind oh my of like herding cats when you deal with agents and actors. Oh, my goodness. If you ever find a good consultant, they're like gold dust. You hold on to them. The amount of, I'll call you back, and then you never hear, or unanswered emails, or just, and it frustrates me, and I'm, I never really understand it. It kind of reminds me when I had a house in Melbourne, and we were trying to find tradies to do things. I'm trying to pay you and trying to give you work. Why would you not call me back? So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I just, fuck it. I'll just go straight to Victoria. Can you say, if they'd have me starting this day, are they interested? So I haven't heard back again. So I'll just be on the phone in the morning calling people. Oh. So I'm definitely glad I'm doing this. And there's a lot of good points to it. There can also be some frustrating and... Annoying points. Yeah. And I guess for me, I probably could have been more organized and started making these phone calls earlier. All I want to know is there a road trip in it for me? Can I come see you? Yeah. So, well, right now, right now, we are looking at Portland. Yep. That's just over the South Australia border. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Finally, I'm getting my car service next month. I'm up for it. Yeah, so that is the potential now, but we will hopefully <laughs> next week, I know where I'm going or where I am. And talking car services, so our car, while we're in Perth, we were like, great, we've got a solid base for four weeks. We will get our car service, we'll go to the dentist, just all this boring stuff. So booked our home for the service and then they called me up and they were like, oh, you need this. And sometimes I probably do not have the best listening ears. And I was like, okay, yep, yep, sure, yep, okay, it's going to cost, yep, yep, that's fine. Great. So I'm thinking, might cost $1,000, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then when I get there, I get a pen, she's like, yep, that's 2000 What did they do? So we had just our regular service and then we needed apparently four new tires. I thought on the phone, she said we needed two new tires. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fine, just whatever. And then, you know, we need the tires, we need the tires. We do a lot of driving yeah no four tires four tires which cost a thousand dollars in what world does it cost a thousand dollars for four tires no Um, it shouldn't new brake pads 
So anyway, so this is why I need to earn money. Yeah, I want a car that works, but that seems extortionate to me. That I think, yeah. That yeah. seems unreasonably expensive. And this is not an old car. It's what, I don't know, 2018, it was made on 19. And, you know, we've had it serviced regularly. Oh, dear. Oh, so you're leaving on Monday. So leaving Perth on Monday, driving to who knows where. I do really want to try and go to Rottnest Island before we leave. Absolutely. I'm wondering regional WA down south in Albany. I called and made inquiries at multiple agencies and no one really had any contracts down there. And the only one contract I found down south, they only wanted to pay me $37 an hour which I know my value, it's more than that. You know what's still playing in the back of my mind? You could go to QLD. No one in Queensland says that. No one says, are you living QLD? No one says that anywhere. You, you always just say Queensland. She didn't know it was Queensland. Maybe she looked at the abbreviation and was LD. Where's that? You know, at first people don't get out much, let's be honest. I had a really another funny thing with this agency as well. So the the hospital where I'm working at, there's really limited parking there. So there's no on-street parking at all. There's a staff car park, which I can't access because I'm technically not staff. So I don't have a yeah. permit. So I just can only park in the public parking area. And yeah. so far all the time, I've had no issues finding parks. And then a couple of days ago, I don't know what it was, but I literally was driving around for 20 minutes trying to find a park. This is crazy. So, you know, my start at two, I got to the car park at 20 to two. You would think that's ample time. No. 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 So at two o'clock, I'm still there looking for a car park and I know they're so busy up there. So I called my agency. I honestly probably should have just Googled the ward number and called them. And called them. Yeah. So I called the agency and I said, look, if they call, I said, I'm here. I said, I can't do anything because there's nowhere else to park. Then as I was on the phone to the agency, I saw someone getting in their car. So I quickly drove and just waited. And then pulled in their spot. No, all good. I've got a spot. It's fine. Then I came in at the time, you know, I got my ticket and you have to walk a million miles to the hospital. I got on the water. Okay, I'm not too late. It's only eight minutes past. As I walked in the door, I saw the, oh, I guess they call it the hospital coordinator or the ward coordinator. And she was like, oh, they wondered where you were. I thought you were probably having trouble parking. I said, yeah. I was like, so sorry, blah, blah. I said, I did call my agency so they could let you know. And she was like, oh, no, all good. That's fine. Great. So got strapped to the shift, super, super busy and didn't look at my phone until my tea break, which was at 5.30. Looked at my phone and there was all these missed calls on there from my agency. And there was a text message saying, the hospitals say they can't find you. What ward are you working on? What? What does this even mean? The hospital can't find me. One, I've seen the hospital coordinator. Two, I've seen the in charge because obviously I've been like, hi, I'm here. I've been at work for <laughs> working four hours on the ward. I'm here and there's only one ward they they send me to. So when I do these kind of random just pick up shifts, I generally don't do birth sweep because I don't want to walk into a place where I don't know where everything is and feel really unorganized. Yeah. I normally say, look, I will do the ward as in the maternity ward or special care because I figure those skills are pretty transferable. Yeah everywhere and to me it's not as high risk and I don't feel I'm putting myself in a situation where I won't know where people are or everything is. I I haven't even done any special care shifts since I've been all I've done and you should know where I am because you booked me. 
I could yeah. totally live here. I mean, there's a Safeway or a Woolworths. Look, from October through to March, I understand from what people have told me is that that's crocodile and stinger season. And you know what? Uh, there's probably a lot of Queenslanders that, I don't know if they know they say this, but when you ask someone from Queensland, especially far north Queensland, I was there in August, right? And in June. And I was like, can I swim here? Do you reckon I can swim? Do you think there's crocodiles here? And they all answer you the same way. No, oh, maybe. Oh, no, not really. Oh, it could be. I'm like, hmm. okay, so you can't give me a definitive answer whether or not there is an animal in that water that is going to eat me. It's probably like in NT. So I would kind of gauge it in NT. I'd look and be like, okay, are other people swimming in here, splashing around, making noise, and they're still alive. Okay, we're going. So we went to this one place called Dingo Beach. Mm. It's got a population of 169 people and one pub that sells $3 beers. I encourage everyone to go there. And the water is like bath water. It is so I love that. Isn't that the worst when the water's so blue and you get in and you're like an ice bath? And I'm like, if I wanted an ice plunge bath, I would have gone somewhere. I would have gone somewhere else. <laughs> like fucking yes. Alaska. But this water, we put our feet in and I reckon the water was 24 degrees. It was beautiful. Nice beach. That's all I mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm getting there, Carly. I'm getting towards the warmth. Yeah, I'm working my way towards the love of the warmth. My skin does not like it. No, just sunscreen up. Sunscreen up every day. So anything else exciting happening? I'm just waiting for this dreadful winter to end. I'm silently waiting. Like every other Victorian, we're drumming our fingers now. I can't even mow my lawn. My real estate agents. Oh, you need to work on your on the outside. It's very messy. Are you fucking serious? It has been wet for three months. You know how I get my news from Facebook or TikTok or whatever? When you are eating oysters, because you post you're eating oysters. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, because I've never eaten an oyster in my life because gross. And anyway, <laughs> a couple of days later, I saw this story headline pop up saying that this girl, one in a million paralysis, paralysis, why can't I talk? Paralysis? Paralysis. <laughs> so she ate an oyster and it was mm. paralyzed. I ate my body weight in oysters when I was in Far North Queensland and I am still walking. I mean, yeah, I don't eat meat, I don't eat fish, whatever. But that oyster just looks like a little goop of, well, look, they're not for everyone. You're not, you're not, you're not selling, you're not selling it to me. If I taste like the sea, I eat seaweed. I have never donated blood ever in my life. So I lived in England, you had to be 18 to donate blood and you had to have not have got a piercing or a tattoo within the last 12 months and when I was younger as you said we did our youth hard so I was regularly getting and tattoos so I'd never gone more than 12 months without a piercing or a tattoo and then I left England when I was 21 no 21 22 left England when I was 22 and then ended up living in Australia. And then when I was living in Australia, I couldn't donate blood because I'd lived in England. Red cow disease. Red cow disease. But now I, I keep seeing these little things splash up saying, you can now donate. You can now donate. Sure. So, yeah. I've tried to donate a few times and each time, and I'm going to try it again just yeah. to see where I'm at because each time I've donated, I've fainted. The only time I feel ever going to pass out when I had my tongue pierced, 
I felt like I was going to pass out. And then once, just a little while ago, when I was in Hawaii, I stood up, I got out of bed, and this has never happened to me before. The whole room, it felt like the whole room was oh, really? on the side. And I just fell straight forward. Whack. Do you remember I had that massive bruise on my boob? I fell straight forward and just landed straight on a chest of drawers and my boob broke my fall. Thank you, boo. Thank you. I had this massive purple year before, probably about two weeks. And it was so weird. I've never, never experienced anything like that. And then apart from the fact I get dizzy really easily and I get, you know, motion sickness. So I Yeah, that sounds like a pain. Yeah. We'll wrap it up so everyone can get back to whatever they were doing before they started with you. And we will be back in your ears next week with hopefully something a bit more exciting. Give us a like. Good. Over now. Until the next episode, it's time to boot this baby home. I didn't know it was still recording.